trust Hello everyone and welcome to the Work in Progress podcast. I'm your host Tiffany Para. I believe this will be episode 20 or 21. I'm not sure. We'll see. It's a toss up. And today I'm with my guest Mark. I'm going to let him introduce himself because yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. So Mark, it's off to you. Hey guys, uh, my name is Mark Bagajan, Armenian entrepreneur, 16, started my first startup. It was a ammunition business for the airsofting industry. Um, 17, 18, worked on it. I had an awesome exit. And then um, which allowed me to attend Babson College, which I'm a rising sophomore at. And then uh, when I was 18, I started this cryptocurrency banking platform. Really awesome. And some met some really cool people and had raised a good amount of money. And uh, wild blast. And I ended up pivoting from crypto just last year. And now I'm working on a speed dating application. Um, an application that uses video and voice to build intimate connections. Nice to meet you, Tiffany, by the way. It's nice to meet you too. Yeah, for anyone listening out here, Mark emailed me yesterday and now we're talking today. Life's crazy. Um, So Mark, let's talk about your latest project. We're going to kind of rewind it here. We'll start from where you are now and how you got there. So let's talk about Skip It and like dive deeper into maybe how you developed this idea, where did it come from, and like just give the viewers kind of or listeners a highlight of what it's all about. About like the the most recent project? Yeah, like the dating app. Awesome. So um I'm building a dating application that uses video and voice capped at five minutes a call to sort of facilitate like the building of intimate connections. Um I used Tinder back in the day, like kind of ashamed, but like I won't lie. Um, did some Tinder. I would match with 55 girls and then I'd go on a date with four or five of them. So I kind of observed like terrible conversion rate. And I said, hey, I can build a much better dating application. Um, you know, something that could let me talk to more people and sort of communicate my personality. And I just felt like three weeks of texting back and forth was just a lot of time and just really got me nowhere. And on a higher level, just like us humans, we need more than just um, texting to build an intimate connection. You really need like a physical channel. So I scrapped it. I went to the whiteboard and I started drafting up some ideas to like introduce video to dating. And, you know, every time I've ever met someone online, like right now, Tiffany and I are sitting on a Google Hangout. I can see her, um, right? When you introduce that video aspect, you really add a layer of intimacy to the, to the to the conversation, and so I was like, you know, I could definitely build a better dating application where people don't wait three weeks to to meet people. And just as a side note, it's kind of terrifying to like text someone and then just meet up with them at a Starbucks. Like, you don't know who this is. It's kind of unsafe. That's three weeks in. You might even get catfished. And for anyone that doesn't know what catfishing is, that's like when someone says they're six one, and you know they have a six pack in their pics, but then they have a dad bod. And they're five three. No offense to anyone that has a dad bot out there. <laughs> that's like that's a that's great reality. Um, um yeah, that's great. As a female too, like I could definitely say I haven't ever met up with anyone on Tinder. I did use Tinder back in the day, but it was like definitely more of a game. I don't know. It was like yeah. I was yeah, I was never intending to like meet anyone in person. Um and yeah, I don't know. It is like a level of like unsafety. Like you're just like, oh, holy shit, this person could 
totally not be who they're saying they are. And just like even being on this call right now, like I feel like if I were to meet you in person, like I know for sure you are who you say you are, which is like huge. Right. Um, I mean, and it's and it's just like kind of a little unsettling to mm-hmm. like meet someone just at like a coffee, just like at Starbucks, just like Sean and Justin. If you're listening to this, because we co-founders of Tinder, right? Don't hate me, but it's it's almost like Tinder was built to be an imperfect product. Like you match with as many people as the the more prolonged the experiences, the better for Tinder, right? Because they monetize. You know, the more value ads you see, the better. The longer it takes you to find your significant other, the better. And so we want to do the flip. And so it's great that you understand that from a consumer perspective. And like we went and polled a bunch of people and uh, we have two celebs that are interested. Um, aggregate 50 million followers. Can't can't say anything yet because you don't know. But um, we have 340 brand ambassadors on the East Coast and uh, closing around right now. So we're, we're, we're meeting a ton of really cool people. So it's cool to hear that that this um, business idea or skip it like came to be from your own personal experience. I think it's so interesting because like I could see you developing skip it if like without any other, I don't know, entrepreneurial endeavors at that point. But I think it's even more interesting that you pivoted that from a cryptocurrency business. Like how did you get started in each of these businesses? And like, does that just, do you just like find an interest and then develop a business around it? Or like, how, how did you start uh, Honestly, to create all these business models? The biggest thing is like, you have an idea and the difference between, I guess the most successful people and just like average people is that like, do you act on your idea? So like everybody can have a great idea. Mark Cuban like famously says that like ideas are cheap. Like it all comes down to execution. Like anybody can have an idea, like good for you. Right. Um, the big differentiator is, hey, are you going to act on your ideas? Are you going to act on your passions? Like you could be the smartest mathematician in the world, right? But if you don't act on your math skills, if you don't go to NASA and you don't build the the, the best decoupler or the best rocket, like, you know, um, it's almost like your talent goes to waste, um, you know, it gets unrecorded. And like, I, I, I know I have a lot of cool ideas and you just, you just, you just go and do it, you know, and especially being so young, you know, like, like we're young, you know, we have so much life ahead of us. And if, if you're not proactively like building things, then like, I feel like, I feel like we're not at our full potential or at least me in my case, if I'm not using like, like my ideas and I'm not like working on them, then I'm sort of letting myself like, like down. Um, I would rather work on my own dream than help somebody else accomplish their dreams. Right. Like, like when you're an employee, which is great, you know, you have to learn how to be an employee before you can be an employer, right? Easy. But when you're an employee, you're not necessarily working for your visions and your passions. You're working for the person above you for his dreams and his passions, which is great if you want to learn how to be an employer. And I think everybody should try um, to be an employer at some point. But for me, it was like I just was acting on my businesses. And for, for cryptocurrency, I just had this idea to start, you know, a centralized lending platform for crypto. So you couldn't really get cryptocurrency loans um, at the time. And there were platforms like BitConnect and a few others. And I actually saw play crazy, absolutely crazy to start like, uh, like the, the first US de novo bank charter for the first US FDIC insured bank, right? So I was 
legitimately filing paperwork to start a bank. A 70 page PDF. It's working with the like legal team. Um, Elon Musk's and Peter Thiel's like lawyer, I guess, at the time for PayPal. His name is Barry Abbott. Such a cool guy. I think not positive. He, I think he was on their team when he fought for PayPal to be classified as a money transmitter. And so he was like, I think one of the leads there at the time. Um, and, and, you know, he, he got whiff of this project and, and, and he was like, Hey, I was there for when, when Elon and Peter did this, but built, built PayPal. Right. And, you know, PayPal is like the golden team. Like PayPal is awesome. And so there's this genius guy who was like, we can file the first Chase Manhattan back in bank of cryptocurrency. And we had a lot of really cool investors and some pretty big brands that were behind us and just a lot of really awesome people that had helped us along the way. And, um, you know, I was like, you know what? I have this idea. I know the right people. Being an entrepreneur is like, it's like, you're not really good at, you're not exceptional at one thing. You don't have just one core competency. You know, you're good at a bunch of things, but what you're even better at is putting teams together. You know, you're like, hey, I know this guy who used to run a huge bank, someone who sold their bank to Royal Bank of Scotland for $150 million or whatever in the billions. I based that at Greenwich, Connecticut. And I know him because he was my soccer coach. And then, um, you know, I know the co-founder of MySpace because XYZ who connected me with whatever. And so like, I just acted on it and I partnered up with this guy from my school, really brilliant kid. And he was um, just my age as well. And just two 18 year olds went and raised um, an exorbitant amount of money uh, and commitments. And then, you know, we put it all together and we're like, we're going to do this. Um, and then I got on a call with someone who, the co-founder of MySpace introduced me to, and it was a very scary call. It was this big magnet in crypto who, I guess, told me that the future of cryptocurrency was in this bank, this other banking platform that he had recommended um, called BitConnect. And, you know, I was kind of worried. I didn't know where the, where the cryptocurrency market was going. Um, and so we sort of pivoted off of that interaction because we were so shocked that someone with such a high net worth um, this, this person that we got the intro to recommended this other cryptocurrency bank to us, which we knew was a Ponzi scheme. So it was a pyramid scheme and, um, it went down in value 97%. And we were kind of concerned as to where the industry was going, you know, mm-hmm. like where is the crypto industry going? If the lead figure is telling us about this, so we kind of got scared and, and I kind of pivoted, Hey, I need another idea. I don't, I don't think this makes sense for us to go raise so much money and then just go blow it all. You know, as an entrepreneur, your number one thing is your brand. And so as the ideas came, I would write them down. So on my phone, I have 150 ideas. Pivot and you work on them and you lean, you you lean, you you fail quick and lean. That's sort of the thesis. 150 ideas. That's pretty impressive. So let's take it back even a little bit more. We're basically doing this episode in Rewind. It's kind of cool. Mark, like, were you always like this? Like, tell me about age 10 Mark, like, was he thinking up ideas like no. how, yeah. What, what were you like as a kid that were what point in your life where you just like, okay, this is enough. Like I want to start acting on my ideas. Really just like a mindset that like I kind of grew to have just like, I didn't want to be ordinary. I wanted to have an impact. And like when I was 10, I guess a part of it is like I had a lot of adversity growing up. My parents, you know, I, I'm an immigrant. I wasn't born in this country, which is like as a side note, I fence for the Lebanese national team, which means I'll go to the world championship this year. 
Um, I went last year. Awesome. I got killed by the Russians. Um, <laughs> did mean I could have gone to the Junior Olympics, um, but we didn't go. Um, but born in Lebanon, sort of coming into this country as an immigrant, that adversity really like helps to like build a mindset that like nobody owes you anything. Yeah. And then just like at 10, like I want to be an astronaut, you know, like that was like, that was my thing. Like I wanted to be an astronaut. That was like the coolest thing ever to me. Um, but I, I just felt like wherever I would go, I put my, my, my all in it and I would just generate value. And so like before we started recording, you know, I'd said an entrepreneur, like everybody has their definitions, but like, I don't care. They're wrong. Um, to me, like an entrepreneur is someone that generates value. So like you go do something and you generate value, not by like traditional methods. So like if it's been done like this for 50 years, right. And you have a way of like two Xing that return by doing it a different way. And I think that's sort of like an entrepreneurial way of looking at things outside of the box. It's really just an outside of the box approach to life. Right. Um, it's not being average, which is cool. Um, it's sort of like the modern day businessman. Like, like if you want to disrupt, it's like an entrepreneurial. An entrepreneur is a businessman that disrupts. That's sort of what an entrepreneur is. You just generate value. Like at a young age, I just noticed that hey, I would generate value in whatever I, I would do. Like I had a YouTube channel, and 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 I had like a thousand five hundred subs or something, and I was like a sixth grader, right? and I had three hundred k yeah. views over four video, uh, forty videos. And I did gaming and I would record it and throw it into Sony Vegas. And like, you know, just I just would generate value in whatever I would do. And it was cool. Even if it was marginal trash value, like I wasn't getting paid, you know, tons of money. I made a hundred bucks off of all the videos, which is cool. Um, <laughs> that's a hundred dollars I didn't have, you know, just, it's sort of just a mindset and I didn't want to be ordinary. And I, I just feel as though there's so much that we can do. And there's so much that we have that, you know, when I walk down the streets of San Francisco, right, all I see is opportunity, you know, anywhere else in the world. Like you could be in China and you could be, you could make, I think, I think it's like 11, one an hour. Um, and that's like $4 or $5 a day, which is pretty much nothing. It's $4 a day. 11, one an hour is $4 a day. Right. And you know, imagine if you were making minimum wage in China and, you know, just the amount of opportunity you can work at in and out here in the U S and make $16 an hour for working at in and out. And just like the fact that in the U S it was just so much opportunity, just like it, it allowed me to sort of appreciate how much I had and how much further I could go. Whereas in like anywhere else in the world, like you don't have the opportunities that you have here. Like you can email Mark Cuban right now, right? You can email Mark Cuban right now and Mark Cuban would open his email and he will respond to you if it's worth responding, but he will open the email 100% guaranteed. Like that doesn't really happen anywhere else. Like you don't have like a, like a, just a community of just straight opportunity, pure opportunity where people, you know, build great things. And it's like, it's, it's, it's the easiest country to succeed in the U S and I'm, and I'm so hands down about that $16 an hour. Six days a week, that's $50,000 a year for in and out which is awesome, right? Now, of course, it's not everywhere. I mean, I'm, just, I'm in San Francisco here, but you know, just, just fathom that. And just, so, so all this opportunity, and I knew that at a young age. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Cause, and that's why, like, as you're talking, it's like you're almost like the epitome of, like, the work in progress, guys, because you're pushing, you're, like, telling people, like, 
if you're not doing something, you're not living to your full potential, which is essentially the whole idea of this podcast is to provide a blueprint of how other creators got started in whatever they did uh, to encourage like the listeners to get started in something. Because I think that everyone, I mean, maybe I'm, I don't know if everyone's like you and I, where they want to have something, but I think they do. Like, I think everyone genuinely has something that they want to start, whether it's a clothing brand, a magazine, a small business, a podcast, whatever. And I think that a lot of people just like limit themselves from that. Did you ever have to overcome any like mental hurdles when it came to starting your own business or were you just like down to dive into the deep end? Oh no, 100%. Um, It's honestly so important for people to appreciate how it's not easy and it really will come down to how bad you want to succeed, right? Um, and success is like is 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 subjective, right? It's like there's no definition for success. It could just be in your happiness. It could just mean living in the present. Um, you don't necessarily need to start a company. You don't necessarily need to need to start it. You can join a company. You can do whatever it is. You can you can start a blog. You know whatever it is. But like the main thesis is like just doing it, right? Just like, just like actually doing it. And then you meet you meet a lot of people that are like, hey, like, I want to start a project. I want to do this and that. And it's like you don't have a website. You know, you've been telling me about this idea for eight months. Like, where's your website? You know, like you can go online. And I was telling you earlier, going Upwork and hire like someone to design, you know, a nice website. That's a hundred bucks. Design a logo and and you know your investor deck. 50 50 dude 200 bucks you already have your concept all done that takes three days right it's just really doing it and just like so when i when i got started there was a ton of failure you know no one took me seriously and um but i didn't care you know the most successful people have failed the most right just just simply said the most successful people have failed the most and um I had the privilege of like sharing these same thoughts on another on, 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 on another podcast that really highlights failure and just like this thesis of failure. Um, everybody should know because you only know the success stories. Like no one talks about, you know, everybody talks about the money they made in the crypto market, but no one will tell you, hey, I lost $6,000 last month. People just don't talk about it. People only talk about the upside. But you have to understand Jack Ma, I'm going to look this up right now. Jack Ma got rejected from Harvard. Do you know this? Did you know you got Jack Ma is is the I think he's the founder. Um, I'll tell you ten times. Okay, hold on. Um, Jack Ma is the Alibaba Group. He's the co-founder and chairman of the Alibaba Group. And if you know anything about Alibaba, they're basically the largest wholesale retailer like in the world. You want to mm-hmm. buy a million toothbrushes right off of Alibaba. They're basically the monopoly for global wholesale. Jack Ma is worth $40 billion. He worked at KFC before he started Alibaba, right? Before he did any of his, like all the sexy stuff that you know him for today. Nobody knows that he applied to Harvard 10 times. He got rejected from Harvard 10 times. He worked at KFC before he did anything. Everybody told him Alibaba would suck. Robinhood, like the app, got rejected from investors 75 times. And it's just like, like, just try a dose of reality. The people that have succeeded the most have failed the most. Macy's went bankrupt a bunch of times. Henry Ford went bankrupt a hundred bunch of times. Um, 
Dr. Seuss got rejected up like a handful of times. Like I think it was like 10 plus times. Um, JK Rowling got rejected as a publisher 10 plus times. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh didn't sell a single painting, you know, before he died, then he died. And then everybody put values on his paintings. It's just like the most successful people have failed the most. And, and I've had my share of failures right? and just understanding that you're going to fail, but the difference between a winner and a loser or like someone who's average or someone who's extraordinary is how you anticipate that failure and how you go on from that failure. Cause you're going to fail. Right, it's just easy. Like you're gonna fail. Like no questions asked about it. Like no one has ever succeeded the first time. Like that's just not a thing. You can't point to any case in history where someone was just like, hey, "I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna succeed." That person has had a whole set of failures in his life that has got, brought him to that moment. And so, yes, the failure comes with the success. And if you're willing to fail and you're willing to learn and you're willing to persevere, right, that is the work in progress. Like like you were saying, like that is the whole thesis. You just have to keep pushing forward. Yeah, that's incredible. That's cool to know. I didn't know like all those backstories, but I guess you yourself being an entrepreneur have probably gained like a wealth of knowledge of how these other companies got started. So we talked about failure. Like, could you give like an example of a business you tried to start that failed or like, and I mean, not, not a business, just uh, I lost an investment opportunity um, in the, in, in the hundreds of thousands um, from a bad email, right? You just don't wow. it. And boom, like some X amount of money, like more than 250000 $300,000, boom, just gosh, over an email or some miscommunication. Just like, you know, I would consider that a pretty huge failure and I was so disappointed. That's just like one, one, one set of failures. Or just like even going through high school, right? I wasn't the kid that won all the awards, right? I was kind of a troublemaker. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I wasn't the straight A student. I'd consider that sort of like a failure, but not even that, you know, I was a big school of life kind of a guy versus school of academia. And I was just doing what I thought I was taking seven classes with two electives as opposed to four APs. So instead of taking four APs, I took seven classes uh, sort of like seven elective-based classes and just in a lot of things. You know, I've had failures, but, you know, nothing that has stopped me from, you know, pushing forward. And I don't think anything will ever stop me from pushing forward. Losing $300,000 overnight, that's that's a killer, right? But, you know, whatever it is. Oh, by the way, Macy's failed seven times and went bankrupt seven times before a store in New York City got, went bankrupt. And and Henry Ford, it was, it was five times. He went broke five times. Um, which which is wild. Um, that's crazy. It's, I just have a list, you know, right in front of me. There's like a hundred of these. It's like if people understand that success isn't easy in anything you do, right? In anything you do, success isn't easy. Like by no means is it easy. And if you want to be successful, you want to be like the people that you watch on TV. You want to be you want to be those celebrities, right? Or you want to be Mark Zuckerberg, right? How bad do you want to be Mark Zuckerberg? You know, like are you are you, if it was, if success was easy, everybody was successful, right? It's just like, it's like easy. It's just definitely, if success was easy, is just going and Googling something and putting it together once, like everybody would do it, right? Everybody would be super rich. Everybody would drive, you know, whatever car you want to drive, right? It's just like, but I've had this, this is the failures as well. So like that, 300K. I don't even know what I'd do if uh, that happened to me. So I really respect you for getting back after that. Uh, I know it's not easy to talk about failure. I think that 
it's like such a hindsight thing, but definitely in the moment it can be tough. But I think there is a lot of value like in talking about failure, which people don't do enough. Um, what, so I think it's really cool like that you're able to like get back from that and ultimately learn from it. So let's take it back to like, I guess when you were first starting your business, was it all learned by doing like what kind of resources did you use to get started? Um, and was, was it all just by trial and error? Did you read books? Like, did you have any kind of guidance for that? Biggest like resources I'd say are just like the internet. Like it's, it's, it's uh, there's a book, it's called the lean startup by Eric rise or Reese. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. Um, it's just like the Bible. Um, and then it, it teaches you how to like build a startup really easy. First resource for that. Um, Steve Blank, who's this like very famous entrepreneur, has this Udacity, like it's this Udacity course. It's an online course. It's like a 10 segment course. You can do it in a week, right? It's free. You don't pay a single penny for it. He teaches you how to like start a company how to get everything set up and all the lingo that you need to know. One week of that, a week of reading the lean startup. Um, it's called the lean uh, launch pad and it's about startups for Steve blank, but Steve blanks is like online course, the lean startup. Um, and then just a lot of hustle, just like how bad do you want to succeed? If you really want to succeed, like you, you'll succeed, but you need to like put in the hours. If you if you sort of want to succeed, if you kind of want to succeed, you'll kind of succeed, right? You'll get what you put in, right? Um, and then just like as a thesis to everybody, it's like for me, it's like it's work now and then play later, right? I don't want to play now and then pay later, right? So like that's just like everybody should understand. And that's just those two resources and you know, always taking, jumping on every opportunity that you can. You, you, something that's out of your comfort zone is fantastic. Do something that's out of your comfort zone, right? You see an opportunity to go work at some group with some people. You might meet somebody, do that. Don't be afraid to run up to someone and say, hey, like, can I get your email? I'd like to chat with you after. Nobody does it. Everybody says to do it. Nobody does it. Like, I'm so shocked. I am blown away by how many people I meet and how many events I go to. And people just don't go up to the speakers, the keynote speakers, the keynote speakers are there. And like, they're like, Hey, we're just going to open it up to questions, private questions. Feel free to come up to the keynote speakers. Nobody does. Like, I don't understand. Like run up to them and say, Hey, I'd love to get your email. You know, I really appreciate everything you're doing. Make sure that you pay it forwards because they're going to give you audience. People have helped these same people. And just like understanding, um, the key, the key, like my biggest thesis about around business is um, understanding that everybody wants a connection. Everybody wants to feel, um, it sounds kind of cliche, but like oh, almost everybody wants to be loved, right? Everybody wants to be appreciated. Everybody wants to be uh, a part of something else and everybody wants to help everybody, right? Like, like I know that sounds cliche, but most people, Right? If you can thank them and you can tell them that you will pay it forward and that by enabling, by them enabling you, you're going to go enable a hundred people. Like to most people, when they hear that, they want to help you. And then, you know, as long as you're considered and you're thankful and you actually put in the time, like you will succeed beyond all measures and give me a job. If you're listening, like, please like give me a job. Like I'm, 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 I'm free all that week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, that's that's great advice. And I know like before this we were talking and you mentioned it before, just like having that network where you can like build out a solid team for whatever business you need. Uh, I think for like a lot of people, like we have, I mean, as young people, we have school, like education to serve as a network, but how are you able to network within the entrepreneurial community? Uh, did you use like primarily like social media or were you actually like attending these events to meet the people in person? No, forget social media. Social media doesn't work for anything. Social media does not work because there's just, you know, like if you want to reach out to someone, don't reach out to someone where a hundred thousand people are reaching out to someone, right? If you want to get in touch with like Lil Uzi, for example, right? Lil Uzi Vert, you want to get in touch with Lil Uzi Vert, you're not going to leave a comment on his Instagram page, right? Uh-huh. You're going to shoot his agent an email and be like, Hey, I want to talk to Lil Uzi about X, Y, Z, make it relevant, right? You, you're not going to talk to Lil Uzi Vert because you just want to talk to Lil Uzi Vert. But if you have this like awesome suggestion or you have a partnership or you know someone that, that wants to get in touch with them that could really generate Lil Uzi Vert some, some value, email it. Do it. I mean, why not? I, the best part is we have the internet. right? So you want to get in touch with someone, anybody. Like, like I said, Mark Cuban earlier in this conversation, you email Mark Cuban, you'll get back to you. How do you find Mark Cuban's email? Literally, look up what is Mark Cuban's email. I swear to God, look it up online. You will find Mark Cuban's email. Um, platforms like Rocket Reach that allow you to get people's emails. Um, you just put in their first and last name. You like, copy and paste their LinkedIn. Um, it'll give you their emails. It'll give you the legit their LinkedIn emails. You just shoot them an email, right? Don't be afraid to do it. You have nothing to lose. If you are younger than 20, you have nothing to lose, right? If you are younger than 25, you have nothing to lose. If you're younger than 30, you have nothing to lose, right? At that point, like you're still figuring out yourself in your career. You're not an exec at a company where it'll backfire at you. You know, you have nothing to lose. You literally just graduated from college. You're we're all bums at this stage, right? You shoot Mark Cuban an email. The worst thing that can happen is that he just doesn't respond. And yeah. if he does respond, like is you take a look at the downside is you spent five minutes drafting an email. The upside is that hey, you got a response from Mark Cuban. You want to invest two hundred fifty thousand dollars in your platform? What? It happens. Just be courageous. Yeah, uh, that's good advice. Um, and I think it's cool because it was funny that you used Lil Uzi Vert as an example, but uh, that's a good point. Like, people are so accessible. And I think that going the route where people aren't like being tapped into constantly is like a good way to go. Um, so, you mentioned like time and like dedicating time to like being successful. How are you like balancing being an entrepreneur while like attending college? No, no, no. The, the whole time thing is just silly. Um, say you go to bed for eight hours a night. Eight hours. You wake up 24 hours in a day, eight hours. Boom. Okay. You have, well, I'm going to track this out here. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to take the snippet and then I want you to recut this in. Give me a second. Go for it. Add out. Okay. Um, you want to re-ask the question? Should I just go right into it? You can just go right into it. I don't really believe in the whole time thing. Um, you can always make time for anything, anybody, whatever it is. There's 24 hours in a day. You spend eight hours sleeping a day. After your eight-hour rest, you go to bed, whatever time, you get eight hours of sleep. You wake up for class. You have 16 hours in the day. Okay. 16 hours in the day. Four hours of classes, 12, 12 hours, okay? 12 hours after your classes, after sleep, you might study for another four hours, right? I don't study four hours, you know, a class. I take two classes a day. I don't study four hours a day, 
right? But say you study four hours a day. That leaves you with eight hours. Okay, great. Eight hours, you're going to have dinner, food, maybe two hours. That leaves you with six hours at the end of the day. You did all your classes. Let's just say you even play sport. You work out. That's another hour. You have five hours of just nothing, right, of just unfilled time. After we put all that bull crap that you do during the day, you study, you sleep, right? You eat food, you work out at the gym for an hour. And then what do you do? You have five hours to just kill. What do you do? You do nothing. You like you, you go on YouTube, you look at memes, right? Which is cool. I'm not saying don't look at memes. I'm saying, hey, look at memes for two hours a day. Then you have three hours to go and invest in yourself. And so like the whole time thing, I just don't believe in it, right? Because it's like, you're not studying 10 hours a day. Right? I don't believe you. I don't believe that you're studying 10 hours a day. And if you are, you're at the wrong university. Right? I don't know what, I don't know what university makes you study 10 hours a day for classes. Just, that's not a thing. You, know, you go out, you do things. You have six hours a day to just do whatever you want. After I've included your gym, your rest, um, maybe even an hour nap, your lunch, dinner, your homework. Right? F- five things that we've already included in the 24 hours. You've gone out. You have six hours to do whatever you want. Right? Take an hour and a half and, and invest in yourself. Invest in yourself when other kids aren't investing in themselves so that you can be their boss one day or so that you can build the next great product one day so that you can generate value in society so that when you go through like a park, right, it's your statue there, right? So that it's like, so that you have an impact so that after you're gone, you have an impact, right? You have six hours to do whatever you want. And like, I'm just curious, like, what do people do in those six hours? And like, what do I do in those six hours? I watch YouTube videos like legit or i'm like looking at memes i'm like I'm doing nothing after the six hours or you know even if you have a girlfriend spend two hours with your girlfriend a day two hours with the girlfriend a day which is like a crazy amount of time with your girlfriend a day right two hours a day with your girlfriend leaves you like three hours to just kill right do an hour of netflix two hours invest two hours in yourself that's my whole thesis that you can make the time if you want to and that's if you're doing 10 things a day every day right you're doing an hour of your of your whatever sport that you play you're on the varsity team, you're doing an hour of that. You know, even if you do two hours of that, you're a D1 athlete, right? That leaves you with three hours of just, of just nothingness right? after you've done everything. Yeah, that's, that's a cool way to think about it. And I also think like, I don't know, sometimes like we're at the age where we can do that. Like as you get older, your time is just going to be more and more limited. You acquire responsibilities, which like take up those hours. Like the time really is now while you have the time to spend. And I know you mentioned earlier in this interview that like you were never much of a like a person of academia. You prefer to like learn from school of life. So what prompted you to like want to attend college? Um, so I go to university at a Babson College, which is like a really great entrepreneurial school. Um, to, like ranking wise, it's like the number one entrepreneurial school in the country. Get Babson and then MIT, and then UPenn. So it was like a really competitive entrepreneurial school. And I was very interested in entrepreneurship, and I had worked on the ammunition startup, which was the first startup. Uh, and then I started the crypto stuff while I was at school. But uh, you know, I got a very fair grant. I got a good, great grant. Um, and after I got the grant, you know, I was basically for a not not a ton of money right i was i was basically getting an opportunity to go to a really great school an exceptional school for not a lot of money um and it was really just like a place where i could be around people my age instead of just being home doing nothing right you still want to be happy and so you know as long as you're balancing your happiness and so that was my thing it was hey i could be at home with my mom doing nothing right 
or I could go spend, you know, the money that I've saved on stupid crap, right? But, you know, I have no reason to not go. And if it's such a marginal amount of money, if it's not a crazy amount of money, it's like basically me at summer camp, you know, I can just go and hang out with like-minded individuals. I can, I can work with people. I can get inspired. I can learn things. Um, I definitely have learned a lot more outside of the classroom than in the classroom. Like, honestly, if I could give you the spread, I'd say I've learned 15% um, inside the classroom. And then out of that 15%, um, 10% of that was my ecology class that I took as an elective, you know, just nothing crazy. It was worth it. It was worth my investment. If it doesn't make sense for you in regards to an investment and you want to sit home and do nothing all day, like do it. But understand that's not going to keep you happy. Like you want to go out. You still want to be a team. You know, I'm a team. I still want to do things I enjoy to do. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and like, yeah, if it's not costing you an exorbitant amount of money, I think that's like the way to go. Uh, it's interesting too, because like I, my college had like an entrepreneurship major, and I don't know. I always just thought that was so interesting because I feel like to a certain extent, the best way to learn how to run a business is to like actually just yeah. do it. Like, I don't know how you're much. Right. No, you're totally right. No, you're 100% unequivocally right. Um, there is a major, um, but you don't become an entrepreneur by taking the course, right? You take you become an entrepreneur by starting a company. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just like, it's a fact. You don't become an entrepreneur by taking a college course. You become an entrepreneur by going and starting a business. It's just like, that's just how that works. Or going and starting a project or, or adding to a project. Okay, you could add to a project and be an entrepreneur. It's just a mindset. It's really just a, like a value creation mindset. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, there is a course and it's a great guideline to sort of getting the mindset down, thinking outside the box and, and, and jumping on business opportunities. That's sort of the course, that's sort of the major and it's great. Um, really just a business degree. Yeah. 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 Totally. College is like totally dependent on what you make of it. So Mark, like what are some future plans for you? What do you have? I mean, I know skip it is in the works, but are you allowed to tell people like, details of when it's going to launch like uh, it'll you- launch in the fall and then either it'll really work with the two celebs that we have um in the brand ambassadors in the funding or i'll lose 150 like we're raising 150 thousand dollars right which is in a total crazy amount of money it's pretty small actually it's a small angels round um either it'll work um and it'll work really well or it'll fail catastrophically um because we're implementing, we're introducing video into like dating. Um, in the fall, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll see what happens with it. Hopefully, it works. And if it doesn't work, you lean, you 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 fail lean, right? I didn't lose hundreds of millions of dollars. There's tons of private equity firms. You know, there's a private equity firm that bought Toys R Us, right? Uh, I think it was a yeah, it was a private equity firm. It was like the Romney Group or something. I don't even remember. Um, but. They bought Toys R Us and they just lost hundreds of like billions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. They need a leveraged buyout. Well, it was just stupid. Like, I'm not losing billions of dollars. Um, but I think I'm learning and I'm meeting a ton of people. So, like, in the past year, I've met so many people, so many people. And not only like just like, just not just like regular people, but like people, people, like really important people that I've just met through, you know, interaction or just chance. Chance would have it that, you know, I met. You know, just like a lot of cool people. It doesn't matter. But but the point is, like, we'll see what happens. If it works, then, you know, I might make some money and build something successful. And you'll hear about it and you'll see about it. And that would be cool. Um, 
And then if it doesn't work, then, you know, you work on another project or you join another project. We'll see. But I'll be in school. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, I think, no, I think there's a lot of potential with it. It sounds really exciting. Like, I don't know. I think that because a big thing on LinkedIn has been like connecting offline. So like once you connect with someone, like actually hopping on a phone call with them and it just like makes a world of a difference, even that 20 minutes, 15 minutes that you're actually spending like talking to someone on the phone, like then like you're just like already comfortable with them. I don't know. It's not like an online relationship. It becomes like more real. Are you familiar with, I guess I know you're a LinkedIn recruiter. Um, are you familiar with HireVue? It's like HireVue is this like interview platform where you mm-hmm. on a video call and you get an interview over video call. We're literally building HireVue and it's a pretty famous like interviewing platform. It's like, it's like, it's like pretty prominent. Um, they're probably competitors with HireIn. Um, but we're literally building a HireVue for dating um like we'll see what happens with it it would be cool we already got the okay from business insider on a publication in the fall but like when we close around hopefully we'll see we'll see what happens it's exciting cool so uh we'll wrap it up here but i did want to ask one question is there like a typical day in the life of mark like how do you break up your time with your business i know you said like people should make time but it seems like your business has gone pretty far i mean how how long have you been working on it and are there like stages where it ramps up a lot um kind of like what's the breakdown breakdown of like the workflow is like we've been working on it for four months so it's like we've had like crazy awesome progress just like a ton of progress we're also in an incubator program out here in san francisco we're based out of boston for viewers um what they come in waves the work comes in waves i'll have a ton of work a week and then the next week i might not have a ton of work um, so this week, like we don't have a ton of work. We're like just waiting to hear back from investors. And so we went to the Giants game yesterday, right? Today nice. we went to Golden Gate Park and we just biked around. Um, we'll just honestly do whatever we want. And the best part is like we don't have a boss. You know, we're just we are our own bosses. We don't have any work that we have to do in the moment. You know, I can come into work at 12 p.m., but I'll stay till 10 p.m. or Right, does that work? Does that yeah, work? I yeah. think that works. It's okay. Like like twelve in the afternoon to like ten ten at night, you know, mm-hmm. like whenever I want. But you know, I balance it. And just I make time whenever I need to, and you know, I'll get on a call whenever I need to. And just Google Calendar and sending people invites really easy, pre- pretty simple. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, management. Yeah. So like this week, I did all that fun stuff. And I'll probably go to Six Flags tomorrow because we're just like waiting. We're just waiting for okays or no's. Um, and we're getting young calls for money. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's, it's awesome. And it comes in ways some weeks we're just like totally booked and we just don't have any time to do anything. Yeah, that's cool. And that's cool that at least you like do decide to enjoy your free time and like prioritize that above everything else. All right, well, we'll close it up. I want to give you a plug, but before we get to the plug, what is like one thing? It can be a book, a podcast, a Amazon product that like everyone listening to this podcast needs to know about. Oh man. Oh, wow, this is tough. Um activated charcoal. <laughs> really nice on the deep it will help it whitens teeth so fast uh no but but like a real like something for real um probably i recommend i don't i don't know i recommend everybody just like 
let me think. Let me think. But seriously, on the activated charcoal. <laughs> um, I think everybody should watch Shark Tank. <laughs> and I think that everybody should um, watch Shark Tank. And I also think that you should watch this other podcast. It's called How I Built This by Guy Raz. And he just gets a lot of founders and CEOs. And it's a, I think it's a NPR. So like it's like a publicly funded agency podcast that like brings on founders of companies to come and talk about their stories. So they have like a founder of Instagram and it's great to just learn from these people's experiences. Nothing better than to learn um, from the final product. So we're watch work in progress and then go watch the final product. Yeah, no, that'll, that's really cool. I like that suggestion. All right. Well, thanks so much, Mark. I'll have your social handles if you're into that link to below whatever you want uh, is there anything you want to like let people know that you're working on or like i mean skip it's gonna be big so you better watch out for that i guess big. or in the year from now i'm gonna look back big i was an idiot <laughs> nope no social handles at mark Pagajan and insta and then if you want to email me or whatever tiffany i'm cool with you you know as you please if you think someone just connected me you know i'm totally cool too help anybody out just pay it forward that's the big thing pay it forward to others all right i love that well thanks so much mark for coming on and that wraps up this episode do this often but since recruiting isn't an option due to unusual training thunder baby i want